This program is a production of the Reformed Forum, an organization devoted to producing and distributing Reformed theological content for a connected age. Online at reformedforum.org. Welcome to Historia Ecclesia, our look at church history issues of the past. I am Camden Busey. I'm, I'm very pleased to welcome to the program here our friend Jeffrey C. Waddington, who is teacher of the congregation at Calvary Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Ringo's, New Jersey. Welcome back, Jeff. Oh, it's good to be here, Camden. Well, we uh, have uh, a few moments, and we thought we'd uh, flip in and uh, you know fire up the recording so that we can we could fire off another episode of Historia Ecclesia. It's been lagging in the back, so we're hoping to revive at some point. Uh, we've been speaking about Edwards and revival, right. so maybe we can revive, revive some of revive our old program. programs. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we'll see what happens here, so we'll have to decide if this is... Uh, an appropriate revival or not an appropriate revival, Uh-oh. just like the difference between the awakenings. Yeah. Um, well, uh, we we have uh, done a number of different things in the past for this uh, program, but we'll probably try to keep it to a shorter look at an issue in history. And today we want to be speaking about right reason. And right reason. Uh, we're going to look particularly at Francis Turretin and his view. Uh, so, Jeff, why don't you explain a little about right reason, what it is, right. and then uh, we can uh, start to ask how Francis Turretin sheds light on the subject. The The concept of right reason goes back uh, many years uh, in the history of philosophy, Western philosophy. Uh, and uh, there, there are uh, two streams uh, of understanding right reason within the Christian tradition. Uh, there's uh, Now, this is all from my memory, which right now may be very poor, but there's kind of more of a Thomistic uh, strain, uh, which looks at right reason as, as more neutral, uh, as being exercised by both the regenerate and the unregenerate. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the stream... Uh, which I believe Edwards and Old Princeton and Turretin reflect, which is that right reason is regenerate reason. Uh, you get some of this uh, in uh, the book by Paul uh, Kios Helseth on uh, Old Princeton and right reason. Yeah, yeah. What I found surprising was that uh, Turretin is mentioned in passing, but is not addressed directly. On uh, or cited uh, on right reason when it would have, uh, and it wasn't particularly germane, I suppose, to Paul's discussion because he doesn't have a chapter on Francis Turretin. But when you go to volume one of Turretin's uh, Institutes of Elenctic Theology, and Turretin taught at the Geneva Academy, the school established by John Calvin uh, in Switzerland, uh, he taught about a hundred years later, 1630s, huh. if I remember correctly, uh, and the Institutes are the fruit of 30-some years of teaching, theology. But in, in Volume 1, and I said earlier it was the 13th question, it may actually be before that, uh, in the first volume where he's dealing with prolegomena, uh, stuff that Richard Muller has dealt with at length in his uh, post-Reformation Reform Dogmatics. Puritan is kind of a good, if you want to see it at work, uh, Puritan is a good place to go. But it's what's interesting is that Puritan uh, defines it without, I mean, it's black and white, it's clear. 
what he understands right reason to be. Uh, in places, he refers to it as sound and cleansed reasoning. Huh. Regenerate reasoning. Yeah. Uh, saved reasoning. Yeah. I mean, I remember there's like a three or four page section where he, he defines it and he never uses the term right reason by itself. It's in combination. Uh, and, he, and for him, right reason is regenerate reason. Now, you find elements of this in Charles Hodge, don't you? Uh, it seems that in, in my limited reading of Hodge on the subject, you, you find passages that can lend to the Thomistic idea. Well, because of this common sense realism, perhaps, yeah. uh, uh, I don't mean to be pejorative, but it muddies the waters. And he got that from some uh, two Scottish uh, philosophers, with Thomas Reed, and I, f- I failed to and, recall and, the other. Uh, uh, William Hamilton, perhaps. Uh, uh, maybe. Dugald Stewart, are you thinking of? I, I don't remember. Uh, there's a whole group. There's a whole group of Scottish common sense realist uh, philosophers uh, that that have a different view on right reason than than I think Turretin. Very clearly, though, Turretin. Now, uh, we could say the reason why right reason is understood by someone like Dr. Van Til to be neutral reason is because, well, although he read Latin, but but, uh, Turretin wasn't available in English until 1992. That was a Hodge translation, wasn't it? Uh, Actually, Hodge was responsible for Geiger, George Musgrave Geiger, who I think was a professor of classical literature at, at Princeton University. I see. He arranged for him to translate it, and then that translation was kept in the li- at the library's de- uh, librarian's desk. That's, that's it for that's students it. to look at. I see. As because they were assigned, as you know, until Hodge wrote his systematics, uh, Turretin was the systematics textbook at Old Princeton. I see. Uh, but it's like I said, it's it's very. Cl- I don't think it doesn't leave a lot of room for interpretation. Uh-huh. For Turretin, he understood right reason to be regenerate reason. Okay. Uh, in other words, reason is in, and then of course he'll make a distinction. He'll say you can look at reason abstractly and concretely. Now, abstractly, what he means is ideally, how it ought to work, uh, and uh, reasoning in how it actually works in the life of human beings. And so, right reason, uh, reason abstractly, ideally, ought to work a certain way. God's created it to function this way. Right. And in truth, right reason only occurs concretely in the regenerate. And then, of course, he would say, even then, of course, it's not perfect mm. in this life. Uh, but it's very clear, at least to me, I, I, I can't see how anyone could read Turretin and say that for him, right reason was neutral. Now, has, has Turretin come up in the discussions of right reason? As Has he been a figure in this well, it, discussion? He, typically, now again, Paul Helsa's book does, mentions Turretin in passing a few times, but does not cite him. Uh, one could argue it would be good to cite him because Turretin is the textbook of old Princeton, right? And if you want to understand what Hodge, Warfield, Alexander, Miller... Uh, you know who at Machen when they if they use the term, uh, you at least have to, uh, to to give a benefit of the doubt that Turretin's definition might be influential in their understanding. Hmm. Uh, uh, I, I think 
my own personal assessment is that Paul has met has met the burden of proof for the the old Princeton theologian. I see that they don't operate with the notion of neutral reasoning, and and he gets at that not by going to Turretin, but by looking at someone like Warfield. Warfield has a chapter in the shorter writings. Uh, I don't remember right now if it's volume one or two on on the head heart and uh, you know the how the, the the whole human personality functions and and actually he demonstrates that that warfield uh is in line with edwards which means he's in line with the augustinian tradition of the affections and what are the affections religious affections for edwards and for augustine are the intellect and the will working together in other words not just having an idea of Jesus Christ in your mind, but also loving Jesus I see. Christ. I see. And the mind only works properly when the affections are engaged. Mm. The affections can be engaged and the mind not work properly. We don't want to, there's, no, there's no notion that affections are only a Christian thing. The affections can be sinful, but true religious affections would be the affections that are regenerate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, where is Kuiper at in this discussion, and might Turretin's insight have any bearing upon Kuiper's own? Well, certainly uh, Turretin could not be pitted against Kuiper, which I think is what has sometimes happened, right? For instance, uh, Rogers and McKim, their discussion of, of the Bible, right? Quality book. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, I understand that the, the, it's Smith's own. <laughs> uh, there, there's a tendency in in the historical literature. You know, it's the Calvin versus the Calvinist debate. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, Turretin is a, given as an example of a rationalist. Well, define rationalism. Uh-huh. <laughs> if by rationalism you mean that the intellect is important, then Edwards is a rationalist too. Yeah. But if you if by rationalist you mean uh, see, uh, the the charge of rationalism is leveled against a Turretin or an Edwards, or the 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 the, it, the Edwards is called a rationalist by a John Gerstner, and he's glad. Okay, well, nobody. The, the definition of rationalism isn't very clear here, because Edwards and a Turretin surely think that the intellect is important. But they don't believe that the intellect is unfallen, or that the intellect uh, is more important than the than the affections or the will. This is the Augustinian heritage. Yeah, that the that that Augustine talks about the primacy of orientation, as does Edward. I think that language is better than primacy of will. You, there's a historical debate, as you you may know, between voluntarists and intellectualists. Right. I think it's a bad debate. We'll flush Talks that out. on both houses. Okay. Okay, the two should work together. It, it's as I argue in an article, a chapter in a book forthcoming, you know, in 20 years, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh, It's like asking progress. which is more important, your right or your left leg. Yeah. The intellect or the will, which is more important. Well, that's yeah. silly. Because God made both. Yeah, I see. Uh and so and I think what Turretin is saying, by defining right reason as regenerate reason, he's saying both need to be in, in work 
working together. Reason can't be right in his definition unless the will or the habit. Remember we talked with in, yeah. in the Robert Smart interview about the disposition yeah. or habit? That would be the orientation of the person. Is the person saved, oriented toward love of God, or is the person unsaved and oriented toward love of self? And that affects how the intellect works. And Turretin supports that, which is a lovely thing. Uh, the more I read of Turretin, the more impressed I am with him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not an expert on Turretin. Uh, you need to talk to G- the other Jeff at Westminster, <laughs> Jeff Jew. Uh, yeah, Tur- yeah, exactly. He, he, he would be the guy to talk to on, on this uh, for more detail. But still, yeah. uh, I'm quite impressed with what I read. His discussion of the philosophy, relationship of philosophy to theology is also very helpful. Yeah, that's a constant discussion, especially uh, in our program, Philosophy well, he, for Theologians. He We're makes always a, talking about Puritan that. Puritan makes a distinction, again, between the abstract and the concrete. Yeah. He says philosophy in the abstract, that is the love of wisdom, knowledge of God and ourselves that we can obtain apart from the Bible, is valid. But uh, in the abstract, in the ideal... He said that in the concrete, the unbeliever can't do it rightly. Yeah. And he would say, uh, if you look at concretely different philosophical schools which argue with each other, that's a bad form of the use of philosophy. Though mm. so it's interesting when you look at his, his discussion of the relationship of philosophy and theology. Theology is, philosophy is to be subservient yeah. to theology. Yeah. And, and it is a, and, uh, it's clearly he would approve of an eclectic use because of his abstract, concrete distinction. He, he believes there's, that it's biblical to pursue wisdom, but it's how you do it. You do it as a Christian yeah, under the authority of God's word and theology. And in that sense, reason can be right. Only the regenerate. Only the regenerate. Interesting. Well, this has been an interesting primer. Uh, perhaps, uh, well, we've been trying to get an interview set up. We would, we would like to contact Dr. Helseth and talk about his book, but uh, perhaps then we could ask him about Turretin at the time. Right, right reason. Uh, the discussion, obviously, uh, is in our circles, is, uh, centers mostly on Old Princeton and, and Hodge, but it comes up again, obviously, with Van Til and his... Uh, the way many people have interpreted him as a bridge between Kuiper and Warfield. Right. Uh, it's certainly uh, on the mark at that point, too. But uh, check out Francis Turretin. The, the, there is a uh, three-volume set three, three from Three-volume Institutes PNR. of Electric Theology. I think 98, I think, was when it was published. Well, 92, the first volume. Uh, okay, 92. So there might, I think 98 was the third volume. I see, okay. Uh, and electric means uh, confrontational. Yeah, polemic, polemical. Polemical, so uh, it's, a, it's scholastic work, so it's going to have a certain style to it in, in terms of asking questions and trying to very precisely define yeah, the, the subject matter. The state of the question, yeah. what they call the state yeah. of the question, and then dealing yeah. with uh, op- opposing views and then offering a... Uh, he's not quite the same as Thomas in, in that regard. No. Uh, but it's it's very similar. It's still scholastic. It's still a scholastic method. Yeah. Uh, just you know, be aware of that when you read it, but it's thoroughly uh, useful. Right. In my opinion. 
Yes. So we would encourage uh, the listeners and the viewers to read Francis Turretin and Jeff and I this we affirm against the Sassinians. That's correct. <laughs> and, and the Armenian. And the Armenians. Well, thank you so much uh, for watching and or listening. Uh, visit us online at reformedforum.org. Now you'll find not only brief uh, episodes on church history such as this one, but you'll also find full-length episodes uh, typically hour-long treatments and interviews with a a variety of Reformed authors and theologians, all online at reformedforum.org. You can Twitter us. uh, Jeff is at RevJW, and I'm at Camden Busey on Twitter, and uh, we'd love to interact with you there. So if you have any questions or comments, get a hold of us on Twitter or through the website, reformedforum.org. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you join us again next time on Historia Ecclesia.